If you were asked which sport in Utah yielded the most injuries per year, what would you think? Indoor sports are crazy popular in Utah, especially during the winter months. We sat down with Ogden Clinic orthopedic surgeon Dr. Michael Hall to talk about common injuries for indoor sports, and the most common one may surprise you. On top of being an active athlete himself, Dr. Hall currently provides orthopedic treatment at Ogden Clinic. He is proud to have accolades from the American Osteopathic Association, where he was the AOA president and received Medical Society honors. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team. And Cherise from the marketing team. And today we actually have a guest, a provider that hasn't been on the podcast before. This is um, Dr. Hall's first time on the podcast. Um, Dr. Hall, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience today? For sure. So I'm, my name is Michael Hall. I'm an orthopedic surgeon with Ogden Clinic. I've been here at Ogden Clinic now going on 16 years. Wow. Um, I've... Uh, this is, was my first job coming out of residency and I've been here ever since. That's um, good. I'm originally from Southern Utah down in St. George. Um, and, uh, happy to be here. <laughs> good. <laughs> so let's see, let's dive in. We want to ask you some get to know you questions. And we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about some of the different things that you're involved with, because on top of your career, um, it sounds like you're big into sports. So you're a golfer, correct? Let, tell us a little bit about your golf past. Well, I really didn't start golfing very much, um, even though I'm from St. George and everybody should golf. They're from St. <laughs> right. George. But I did, didn't really start golfing until I got done with uh, my residency training, moved here to Ogden. And uh, all of a sudden, once you get done with med school and residency, you actually have some free time. So, yeah, believe it or not. Um, so just got into golfing and uh, – just really enjoyed it, and, and it's one of those things that you constantly try and get better at, but you never achieve any perfection <laughs> at all. So it's uh, it's just fun. Uh, it's it's a good relaxing thing that I can go do, and so definitely. Well, and you mentioned earlier too that you've been involved like as a coach uh, for a lot of years in baseball and some other different athletic events. Who did you coach? Where was it? Your kids? Yeah. So I um I have I'm a father of four boys. Nice. And uh, all of them play sports. Um, in particular, I coached I coached a lot of baseball, so I know a lot of the kids, especially in the South Ogden area, because um, I coached baseball for about uh, 12, 13 years. All right. Um, with different of uh, my boys' teams and things, both in comp and rec leagues. I um, also coached uh, ba- basketball for a while, and uh, also have coached some – um, soccer, coached a little bit of flag football. Okay. Um, so you're well-rounded <clears throat> in the coaching. Uh, a couple of my boys are actually tennis players, and uh, my wife is the Bonneville High tennis coach. Okay. So that's cool. So we so these are involved in the community. Family. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that's like probably dominates your weekends a little bit is going to games. When they were younger, that dominated every day. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps you busy. Well, and now it sounds like you're getting involved in some different things. Dr. Hall mentioned before we hopped on the podcast that you just started doing endurance events. Like, do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, um, as, 
as when I was younger, you know, you'd go out and you'd do little 5k races with the kids and things like that. And, um, it's actually really my wife that started doing more and more of the endurance races because she just really started enjoying that kind of thing. And then she kind of drugged me in with her and we started off, uh, doing triathlons, um, triathlons at, at like a sprint distance is what they call it. Yeah. Um, then we started venturing up a little more and got into more of the Olympic distance and then it just keeps going. You, you always keep seeing what you can do until you can't <laughs> do it. And, uh, so this last uh, November, I participated and finished my first uh, full Ironman triathlon in Florida. Okay, that is crazy. Can you, just for some people, because I think sometimes people hear the name Ironman and they don't know exactly what it entails. Can you kind of break it down for our audience that's not 100% sure. informed? Sure. So in, uh, so in an Ironman, the swim is 2.4 mile swim and the bike is a 112 mile bike followed by a marathon, which is a 26.2-mile run. Holy cow. Wow. You just do it, like, consecutively? Yep, one after. So you swim, and then you bike, and then you run. and Wow. So. And you said, how long did it take you, did you say? It took me 14 hours. 14 hours. That's unreal. I <laughs> that can't even like, imagine. I have so many questions. What? Like, how do you fuel yourself and get through it? Like, do you guys, like, because I know, like, when, like, my parents have ran marathons and they eat those goo packets, like, do mm -hmm. you, like, have any breaks to, like, eat or drink or how does that work? Some of that you pack on on the bike with you or on your run. You just kind of pack it in some pockets or things. Yeah. But they, the Ironman is actually pretty good because it actually does a good job uh, with supplying you on the, on on, the race course. On the route. Yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah, you have to... I mean, you obviously have to train for it, and yeah. then um, nutrition's a big part of it because a lot of people get sick. You know, the, oh, you know, the nutrition, dehydration, um, uh, like ligament injuries or tendonitis types of injuries that can all occur as a part of training or during the actual event. And so, not everybody finishes. Obviously, not everybody for finishes, sure. but. So was that a one and done, or are you looking at doing another one? I, I It's one of those things that you do it with the idea that, okay, if I can just do this, I'll, I'll probably never do this again. <laughs> right. But uh, once you do it and you start to realize what you can do, that it's that it's a doable thing, Right. then then you're like, okay, I could do another one of these. Yeah. It's not like one of those things that while you're doing it, you're like, I hate my life. No, oh, it is. Oh, totally. it is. <laughs> but then you forget about that after yeah. you kind of get that high after you're done and recognizing your potential. That's really cool. Well, congratulations on getting your first one done. Hopefully you'll be able to even, you know, exceed well, I have goals a, and everything. So time. I have another one coming up. I'm doing the Oceanside Half Ironman. Okay. And I do that in five weeks okay so. well that's nice because then you get to go to california for that right, right? is that where it is that's yeah. perfect best place to go do a race it's cold right? here warm there yeah very cool okay and one other thing i wanted to highlight is you mentioned how you just joined the navy recently do you want to kind of talk about your decision to do that that yeah that's that probably takes longer than what we have on the podcast <laughs> that's but okay. it's you know it's one of those things that um that i i think all of us that are Americans, we love our country, right? And it's um, it's it's an opportunity. It's it's a uniqueness about us that's something that's been given to us that I don't think we all fully comprehend um, what kind of a blessing that really is. And in our own ways, we're all very patriotic and love our country. And um, 
this was just my way of paying it back a little bit. That's and cool. So I didn't need to join. You know, I'm not being... <laughs> You know, not being forced into no, it. No, I love my practice. I love my patients. I love my partners. You know, I love Ogden Clinic. It's it's been a great place to work. This was just something that I felt like I needed to do to feel like I've done my part. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that perspective. So thanks for sharing that. You bet. Well, we did want to ask you just a couple other get to know you questions. So you work in as an orthopedic surgeon for the clinic. What kind of influenced your decision to work in orthopedics? You know, from very young age, um, you know, when I was junior high and uh, even younger, I, I always really liked science, like biology. Um, and as I got through the high school years, um, one of my, um, I guess champions when I was younger was, was a family physician and I really looked up to him. Um, Dr. Craig Booth in St. George, Utah. And <laughs> he was out. just, he yeah, just, he was just a great guy. And so that piqued my interest, um, in, you know, my science, my enjoyment of science and then, and then just his influence a little bit. And then when I was 14, uh, I broke my ankle pretty bad in a race. Uh, at the high school and ended up having to sit out of a football season and yeah. a basketball season. Um, eventually ended up having to have surgery on it. So the process itself took about a year and a half for me to get back to where I could participate in sports again. And an orthopedic surgeon who was my surgeon, um, who put me back together, uh, kind of was that first spark of interest in orthopedics and then um, as I have you know got older and participated in more sports and got more broken bones and (laughs) hurt myself more often it just kind of further fueled that interest in orthopedics Uh, once I got into you know med school and things and got exposed to a lot of different specialties I actually liked a lot of different specialties right but the one thing that kept drawing me back to orthopedics is I just really enjoyed the patients that we see mm-hmm. um, in general uh, patients are usually pretty healthy um, they just get injured they they, they have uh, something that stops them from doing what they like to do in life right and we're able to intervene in that oftentimes and get them back to a uh, uh, you know, near full or full uh, participation in life. And, and that's a very, I mean, it's a little, sounds like a little bit selfish, but <laughs> I, I really enjoy seeing that. Right. Um, I enjoy, it's like immediate gratification for me to Definitely. see someone, you know, you, you take care of a, a, a soccer player, a high school soccer player, and she, you know, tears her ACL and, you know, she's all upset and right family is upset and is this the end of her career and you come in and you talk to them and you fix that ACL and the next year they're back playing again there's nothing better than to see people getting back and and getting over something like that it's just an enjoyable moment for me like I say that's just a little bit selfish on my part <laughs> but I you know I almost kind of need that as a part right. of my it's career like the, to it's keep the me rewards going. yeah that's Definitely. good that that brings that that gratification for sure well and it's kind of nice too, like you having like 
I don't know. You, I think you've been able to probably develop empathy as an athlete yourself that's experienced those injuries. You kind of have been in their shoes before, and I think that really helps when you're treating a patient and, and knowing how, you know, how antsy they are to get well. And I think mm-hmm. that really you know, helps you connect to patients as well. So as an orthopedic surgeon, what is something that you wish uh, patients knew about what you do? Um, because I'm a general orthopedic surgeon, I take care of a lot of different orthopedic problems. Um, not all of them are, uh, just like broken bones. A lot of people think we just take care of broken bones. Um, but we take care of all kinds of sports injuries. We take, you know, we do, I do joint replacements, um, take care of, uh, ligament problems I do a lot of knee and shoulder types of injuries, so we we actually take care of a lot of different body parts. Um, Now, there are a lot of specialties like spine care, hand care, some foot care that, you know, at one time I took care of, but at this point in my career, I've kind of, you begin narrowing your practice because a lot of that, you know, I have partners that take care of that specifically. Uh, As far as the general public and knowing about us, uh, we... We do not do a whole lot of primary care, so I get asked all the time, it's like, hey, what antibiotics should I be on for my cold? Right. And, you know, <laughs> so I, because a lot of times, the only time, you know, especially young people, they don't really go and see primary care very often because you know, maybe they don't get sick or they don't have right. any really chronic illnesses. The only doctor they know is their orthopedic surgeon. So we get a lot of those kinds of <laughs> questions, and it's like, hmm, not really sure. I'll have to go and talk to my, my friend, the primary care doctor. And so... right. Well, we kind of wanted to just dive into our topic for the day. It's March and March Madness is happening. And I'm sure everyone's been able to have fun and participate with that. Um, Aside from the basketball and fun side of sports, a lot of times there's injuries that are associated with um, these like basketball and indoor sports that we participate in as well. And we wanted to ask you as an orthopedic surgeon, what are some common uh, injuries associated with like basketball and indoor sports that you see that are are really common at this time? So you know, specific to basketball and really all indoor sports, like you mentioned, like you want a big one here in Utah is soccer. Right. A lot of people play soccer. For sure. And it's interesting, and maybe people don't realize this, but in general, soccer, if we were to compare soccer against all other sports, and that includes skiing, football, all that kind of stuff, soccer by far has more injuries. No way. (laughs) Yeah. And is that because there's more people that play it? or Absolutely. More people play it, and they play it for a longer period of their life. So okay. you have kids, you know, four-year-olds out there playing soccer and, and mm-hmm. how many, and then, you know, from on the low end and then on the high end, how many leagues do you know where you have, you know, 30, 40, maybe even 50-year-olds playing indoor soccer? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Yeah, no, it's true. How many indoor football or how many football leagues have 40 and 50-year-olds playing football? That's I, true. Yeah, that's true. Point. <laughs> I can only think of like turkey bowl on right. like Thanksgiving well, or something but, like that. But it's year-round. Right. So soccer is a year-round sport. It has all age groups in it. So we see a lot of soccer, indoor soccer injuries. But specific to basketball um, and, and even indoor soccer, predominantly what I see is a lot of knee injuries. Um, we do see ankles and shoulders and forearms and elbows and everything else but by far probably the biggest injury is uh, a knee injury mm-hmm. and you can break a knee injury down into uh, a couple different categories one that everybody worries about is a ligament injury mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like a uh, you know the, the, the most 
famous of them all would be the ACL injury, which tends to be the one that you know people know about because it's the one that's nobody wants. Obviously, yeah. But um, it's also the one that usually requires surgery. Yeah. But there are other ligament injuries as well. Um, you can tear your medial collateral ligament, your MCL. So your knee has four big ligaments that hold the knee together, and all four of those can be injured. Um, most of the time, they don't need surgery as long as it isn't an ACL surgery or an ACL injury. Um, but, um, yeah. So most like, you know, like a ligament injury of the knee that doesn't require surgery, usually you can get over within two to six weeks. Right. Sometimes you need some bracing and different things to stabilize the knee while it's having its chance to heal. Um, but in the case that you need a surgery for a ligament injury of the knee, then you're talking about several months. Yeah, lots of, a little bit more downtime and recovery for Lots sure. So what kind of causes these like knee injuries? Obviously, like I feel like the knee is like so like so common, like it's a big injury and it happens a lot. Is it just because they're weak or is our knees are just like not not performing? I don't know. What is it like your body goes this way, your knee goes the other? What's what's the big cause of having like a tear in your ACL? No, you kind of hit it on the head. You, you know, your body goes one way, your knee goes the other. I mean, it's it's something usually an overloading type of situation, right. whether it's a twisting or a, uh, or other kind of load. Um, by far, most uh, knee injuries, ligament injuries, tend to be non-contact injuries. And that's an important distinction. Non-contact injury is someone puts their foot in the ground and then the body goes one way or... or the knee goes one way and the body goes another. Right. Um, and so those are called non-contact injuries. Um, a contact injury is more of your, you know, football, even soccer when the kids get tackled or adults get tackled. Yeah. Um, so, but, but non-contact injuries are actually more common than the contact injuries. And, you know, you start having the more contact injuries, you still get the ligament injuries, but you also start getting the broken bone injuries. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, that would be another classification of, of injuries around knees would be fractures. So you can break your tibia, your femur, your, um, ankle injuries. Ankle fractures are real common in basketball and in soccer. Um, but um, so you have, your, you have your ligament injuries, you have your fractures. Um, another one that you can kind of throw into fractures a little bit are what we call osteochondral injuries, which basically mean a fracture that includes part of the cartilage mm-hmm. in the knee. Um, it, it's it's oftentimes um, related to more of the the contact types of injuries, but can be a non-contact injury. And then probably the most common of all injuries that we see in knees is actually a meniscal injury. Mm-hmm. So the meniscus is different than the cartilage that's in our knee. Meniscus is a unique structure that's in the knee and it um, can get torn and right. when, it, when it does it causes pain um, causes the knee to swell and uh, limits your ability to participate in sports obviously so um, yeah any of those are those are the, that's what you see a lot of those are the most common so with fractures one thing that i'd like to ask maybe and this is kind of just on the spot is i know like when like my younger brother broke a bone for a little while, my parents weren't sure if it was a fracture because, like, and I think he went a couple hours, like, 
kind of moaning and groaning like oh you're okay like rub some dirt in it kind of thing what advice would you give to some parents to like or how can you recognize like obviously the pain but like what what really makes an injury stand out so like and they know that they need to see yourself you know parker you bring up kind of an interesting um point and and it's a good one because it actually happens more than you think yeah with, with kids um because kids break different than adults right um a lot of times kids break what we call like a green stick or a green stick fracture meaning the bone is actually still in continuity but it's broken Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times um a kid will get a fracture and it hurts but they can still move around but um so the parents do wait and delay. <laughs> I've actually seen them delay several days yep. before they actually bring them in. And so that's actually not that uncommon. And every parent that does that always comes in and is like, hey, I get the parent of the teach, you know, the, the parent, parent of, of the, the year, year award <laughs> um, for not bringing my kid in. And they all feel bad about it. But right. it's actually really common. And people shouldn't feel too bad about that. But in general, you know, some of the, the telltale signs of a fracture are swelling mm-hmm. and bruising. And, and and really, the one thing about kids that's that that is really a telling sign also is kids just kind of want to play, right? <laughs> you know, and if a kid doesn't go out and play because of something, then you have to start becoming suspicious. And especially if there's bruising and swelling, then you start becoming more and more suspicious that there's something going on. Okay, kids are actually more common, like little kids. When I'm talking kids, I mean like you know, eight and younger type kids, kids are more likely to break a bone than they are actually to sprain. Oh, really? A ligament. And yes. Does that change as adults? Because I it feel does. like adults have sprains like all the time. Yeah, it does. The older we get, the more likely we are to sprain something. So when a, when a kid like, you know, rolls an ankle or falls and doesn't want to stand on something, and you should actually think fracture before you think sprain. Okay. Good to know. That is really good to know. Okay. So maybe kind of moving on a little bit. um, I mean, a lot of times these are like kind of more accident type things, you know, no one ever intentionally wants to break their leg or, you know, tear their ACL. But is there any sort of like tips that you'd give to our listeners of how to prevent or avoid such injuries? Yeah. And that kind of goes back to one of your questions earlier was about, um, is there something about us that we could do or aren't doing that can prevent some of these injuries. And certainly there is, um, you know, being conditioned is one of the things that we need to do. So muscle strength around a joint helps give support to that joint, just like the ligaments do. Basically around any joint, we have two stabilizers of that joint. We have the ligaments, which we call static stabilizers because they don't fire, they don't move, they just hold things together. Right. And then you have your dynamic stabilizers, which are the muscles around that joint. So the stronger you are around a joint, the more likely you are going to be uh, able to prevent injuries. So those people that, like maybe like myself, that like just go play a pickup game of soccer one Saturday, or maybe a little bit more prone to being injured because they haven't conditioned and Correct. they're not ready for that wear and tear on their joint and muscles, right? It, it, exactly right. Could you, happen. you know, sudden changes and all that, your body is not used to it. Your muscles aren't able to accommodate for it. And all that stress then gets put on the ligament and the ligament gets injured. Okay. Do you find that young athletes, I played basketball in high school and um, I'm kind of small compared to mm. most basketball players, five foot two. Um, but so I'd get pushed around a lot, bruised knees. And so now 
20 years later, I find like that my knees hurt and they pop and there and maybe more cartilage damage or something along those lines. But do you yeah. find that with as you know, you Young see ex athletes like grown yeah, up exactly yeah. ex athletes grow up and have aches and pains. You know, it, it's kind of a it's one of those things that there's you know injuries and even arthritis and things like that that occurs later in our lives there's a lot of things that go into the cause of that and certainly trauma is one of those things mm -hmm. and you know ligament injuries getting smacked in the knee by someone's somebody else's knee all that could lend to some of that by far probably the most uh, significant contributor to as we get older having bad knees is our parents oh <laughs> right oh. so it's genetics genetics you know huh? genetics have a a very large role to play in whether we get arthritis or things you know later in our life but certainly a contributor a contributor or, or an accelerator of of problems would be trauma and okay. trauma comes in a lot of different ways it can be a smack to the knee but it you know it, it can be fractures it can be um, ligament injuries it can be all of that okay I guess I have one last question for you, and we don't even need to include this. This is just me being curious. Okay. So you being an endurance athlete, I hear all the time like marathons and like running like it's the, terrible for it's you. bad for your knees. Horrible. <laughs> so do you? How do you like? I don't know. Do you treat yourself, or do you like? <laughs> does your conditioning help? I have you? a partner. Okay. <laughs> Doctor Shorty gives me uh, gives there me some go. help no. when I need. It. No, for real. It's you know I've actually blown out both my ACLs, both knees. Oh wow. When I was younger, both playing basketball. And, um, and since those early times of, of ACL injuries, I've had subsequent um, surgeries on both knees, oh, knee wow. scopes on both knees. Dr. Sorensen did both of those. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a great question, and it's one that I have to look at in the face every day and say, okay, how does this affect me? Because it very much so affects my patients too. Right. In general... A certain amount of activity is important to maintain the health of your knee. Mm -hmm. So the idea of not being active is actually more detrimental than being active. Now, certainly you can overdo it, right? but in general, um, you want to maintain some activity level. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs with bad knees needs to run and go on a marathon <laughs> or do an Ironman, but, right. but it is something that um, you kind of have, everybody's different. Um, everybody knows their limitations or at least should explore where that limitation is, but never use the excuse that, oh, I've, you know, I don't want to have bad knees later on in life mm -hmm. as an excuse not to go out and get after it in life. Good I think point. that's great advice. I think that's easy to do because, um, I've just been running a little bit more than usual, like just like 5K distances. And that was something my wife said. She's like, I don't want you to hurt your knees. And I'm like, oh, I think I'll be okay. But I think that's great advice to our listeners that, you know, don't don't live by the fear of it. I think don't live really in fear. Yeah. Very cool. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to today's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. For more information on Dr. Hall or any of the other orthopedic um, providers that we have at Ogden Clinic, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. And make sure you tune in and listen to us next time on The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe.